A man lies in a steel cell. The cell rocks gently back and forth, as though rolling on a slow, ponderous wave. The walls are inches thick. There are no windows. A small slit in the door passes fetid food and the occasional shout of abuse. The man, like the floor around him, is covered in human feces and urine. He is chained. There is a loud clank, and the door swings open, revealing a doctor who looks torn. He cannot decide between his commitment to his oaths and his hatred for the man on the floor in front of him. His emotional conflict is compounded by the vile stench emanating from the cell. He knows he cannot sympathize with the prisoner, but nor can he let him die. Another jailer to the doctor's side opens the valve on a hose, and icy seawater blasts the chained man, sending him reeling across the floor, his chains clanking as he slides into the far wall on a slick of human waste. After a minute or so, a hundred gallons of briny baptism has returned some semblance of humanity to the small, dank space, the big drain in the corner having sucked down the disgusting remnants of the previous night's abuse. The doctor steps in and carefully approaches the prone man. As the doctor's rubber-gloved hand touches the man's shoulder, the prisoner gently sits up. He does not say anything. His movements are careful, slow, and unthreatening. He seems meek and harmless. He does not meet the doctor's eyes. The doctor had been among the many who had been victim to the man's crime. They all had, the whole crew of the HMS Dauntless. They had gone to dinner oblivious and happy, but then they had all slowly felt the irresistible drowsiness pulling at them. They had fallen where they sat or stood, every man and woman aboard the powerful destroyer, all of them but one, the man who had drugged them. When they had awoken, they had found their ship adrift. Confusion and panic had racked the crew as they had searched their ship for signs of what had happened— then they had discovered the changes to the firing controls. The ship's massive salvo of long-range missiles had all been launched. They did not know why. They could not know why. A billion dollars of the most advanced and lethal weaponry on Earth had been fired seemingly into space. It had made no sense, and their attempts to get answers out of the man responsible had fallen on deaf ears. No one had been able to get more than a single sentence out of him. It will all be explained in time. That had been yesterday, and their hot, indignant fury had cooled a little overnight. There may even be some remorse at the way they had treated him, even some inkling as to the depth of their crime against him. But without confirmation of the greater conspiracy's success, the man in chains had been left with little recourse but silence. To tell these people if he had failed would only bring death down upon them. But the doctor does not know this, as he comes to check the man's vitals and feed him some vitamin supplements. Astonishingly, he seems healthy and fit. His blood pressure is good, and his eyes alert, despite the beatings. He surveys the prisoner, looking for open wounds or signs of infection. But he is still astonishingly free of actual cuts. His bruising looks severe, and the doctor assumes his swollen nose is broken, but there is nothing fatal here except those night-black pupil eyes. As the doctor grabs at the man's face to check him over, he looks into those pitch-black eyes and sees the bottomless well of hurt that this man has suffered, not at the boots and the fists of his captors, 
but at their words. Why, John, says the doctor once more, unceasingly surprised every time he recognizes that man he had once called a friend. He does not expect a reply. He is surprised to hear the quick step of several brisk feet behind him. He turns to see Captain Bade's small but imposing frame appear suddenly in the doorway. The naval doctor stands and goes to salute, but something in the captain's face throws him. Emotions the doctor is not used to seeing on the stern senior officer's face. Uncertainty. Doubt. And as the captain looks down at the prisoner, something else. Remorse. Another person is trying to push past the captain, and the doctor is surprised when the normally dictatorial Captain Bade steps meekly aside and utters, Here he is, sir. Vice Admiral Terence Cochrane steps into the doorway and frowns in dismay. The doctor salutes again, stammering for something to say, a feeling of concern filling him at the arrival of this incredibly senior officer. But the admiral is uninterested in what the doctor has to say, and he merely turns to someone outside the cell that the doctor cannot see and says, Dr. Danielson, it isn't pretty, but Captain Bade assures me that our friend here is quite healthy, a fact that I am sure he knows his career depends on. The doctor glances at the captain, who inhales sharply at the stern words, but then the captain catches the doctor's eyes and his authority returns in a flash, reminding the doctor of whom he should be afraid. The other man steps past the senior officers and into the cell. He is a civilian, dressed casually. He has an air of cool confidence about him, confidence born of knowing more than anyone else. The civilian looks down at the chained man on the floor and speaks without the slightest hint of fear or concern for the prisoner's condition. His American accent stands in stark contrast to the British naval officers around him. Well, John, what do you say? Ready to go?